And we welcome you into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptaw, C70 at bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. It has been a fairly successful week for the Cardinals. They split a four-game series with the Phillies and then go to Pittsburgh and sweep the Pirates. And Tara, I know a lot of times you say the Cardinals swept the Pirates and it's like, big deal it's the pirates um but you know one pittsburgh's gotten off to a decent start this year and two boy this team needs any kind of momentum and and consecutive wins that they can get and if they have to take it against pittsburgh i don't think we're going to fault them for it no, I think what four wins in a row is something that is reason to be quite happy with the weekend, especially when you and I have had the uh, distinct pleasure of talking after the the bad half of Cardinals yeah. weeks more often than not. So I'll take it. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember very many four-game winning streaks for the Cardinals last season. Granted, weird weird year it's hard to whatever but it was always like okay they'll win two maybe three and you feel good about it and then beyond that not a whole lot in terms of stacking up wins now I very likely could be remembering that wrong or completely missing some of the longer winning streaks of the season but the point is it's nice to see them put some wins together consecutively for a number of reasons one because what we saw for the first several weeks of the season was, hey, let's score 14 runs in one game and then not score again for three days. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that balance out. But the flip side of that is also true. And we spent a lot of time talking about what is wrong with the pitching. <laughs> and when you win four games in a row, it likely means that all of the gears are turning at least in the right direction from the pitching staff. So while yes, the four wins just from a counting stat total are nice. I think it's, it's just as good to see regardless of the opponent that some of these pieces that were uh, a little rough around the edges to start (laughs) the season have looked much more like a team that is capable of, you know, winning the division. Not that four games tells you anything that three weeks hasn't, except that, I don't know, I guess when, when, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, we kind of drive everyone crazy, including ourselves by saying, well, it's early. Well, this is kind of the other very small sample size, but encouraging side of that coin Mm -hmm. to say, yeah, it's four games. And yes, it was Pittsburgh. And no, it wasn't perfect prior to that four games. But to put out some level of consistency to generate four wins in a row, is just a much better direction to be headed in than they were maybe even this time a week ago. Yeah, just uh, looked up last year, the longest winning streak they had was four games. Okay. It happened at the end of the season, and it happened to be against the Pirates. It was a five-game series because they had a doubleheader in there. Imagine that. They played a doubleheader last year. (laughs) And uh, they won four in a row against Pirates. So um, So my memory is not as bad as I sometimes think it is. not at all. Um, (laughs) Of course, when you only play 58 games, it's difficult to have too many, uh, (laughs) unless you're the Dodgers or something Uh of that nature. Yeah. but yeah, I think it is. It's very positive to see how this team is starting to come together. Because even when you know, even in the two losses that they had this week, um, they were losses that were competitive losses. Yeah. Um, you know, the the first one is Wayne well, you know, pitching a complete game, <laughs> giving up two runs and losing, um, which is not great. But you know, 
yeah, unsurprising maybe out of this team at times. Uh, and then a game against the uh, the middle game, you know, which of course was highlighted by the Hennessy's Cabrera issues. But you know, a game that they had a lead in and was that weren't able to to hold. Um, I don't, you know, I think that's a good thing to see. All right, I mean, it's yeah. just uh, you know to be able to to be competitive and. You know, you had chirps this week and you were talking with um, Xavier Scruggs. And at the end of that, I know you talked about um, Carlos Martinez being the key to the rotation. We seems to be the case. You know, there's two starts in a row. Here. Well, <laughs> That's three. looking pretty good for me right now. We'll give it six weeks and then see how good that looks. <laughs> this is fair. I mean, it's not like Carlos is always this consistent. But being able to say, you know, put what, three really good starts in a row, got two yeah. back-to-back wins. Um, including a game today where he threw, I don't know how many innings he went, but um, I think he went eight. He may have, yeah. It was just Carlos right. to, to Alex Reyes. Yeah. So eight innings of scoreless ball. Um, you know, this, it's a different Carlos Martinez than we yeah. probably would expect it because the strikeouts aren't as high, but he's, you know, he's getting outs, he's using his defense, and he really feels confident and i think that's something we haven't seen in a long while is a confident carlos martinez yeah you know i think that was the hardest thing for him coming back after that injury and not to belabor this point because it's not really important in most of this conversation but i think the confidence issue it becomes relevant in terms of a lot of people kind of have this mistaken idea that carlos martinez is this always injured guy Mm. that's not the case that's not the story of carlos martinez until the injury that took him out and kind of started this cascading what is carlos martinez going to be thing he hadn't really experienced any sort of significant injuries that took him out long term and i think that i think some of that confidence that took so long to rebuild may have been because of that, right? This wasn't something he'd ever done before. We saw with Alex Reyes, the back-to-back injuries. We've seen that before with guys. We've seen it with, you know, like an Adam Wainwright who has an injury, misses a season, comes back, plays three or four more seasons, then has an injury and misses at least part of it, right? So there Mm -hmm. are guys who, not to say that you get used to coming back from an injury, but there's something to that ability to say, okay, I've done this before. I know I can get back to where I once was, or I know I can get to a point where I'm, I'm successful again, even if it's in a little bit of a different way. So I think it just took a while for Carlos Martinez. And I know that we kind of laugh off or, or even get annoyed by the, the manager or pitching coach saying, well, we just really wanted to show that we had confidence in a guy after he gets rocked for seven <laughs> runs because they left him in too long. It doesn't really hold up in those situations at times, but I would be very curious to know, like if we could go back to when Carlos Martinez first came back from that injury and was in the bullpen because he wasn't really in shape enough to be a starter, but he was like, it was that whole weird narrative about, you know, how he was healthy enough to relieve, but not healthy enough to start, even though the actual process of being a reliever tends to cause more or or different stress on the shoulder, which was, it, it was very strange. Um, But if we could go back to that point and kind of see two alternate universes, (laughs) one where they held Carlos Martinez out that year so that when he came back, there was no lingering question about the stability of his shoulder and his arm and the health factor there. And the other one where they did like they did and then kind of yo-yoed him around with what his role was going to be. 
all under kind of this cloud of, is he healthy enough? Is he fit enough? Is he prepared enough? Is he now don't, don't get me wrong. All those things that we heard about what his preparation was like, and you know, if he mentally was more prepared, knowing he could pitch every day than when he pitched every fight, whatever. We've heard all those things. I don't know what that reality really looks like, but mm-hmm. I have to wonder, not in terms of somebody, oh, he's a head case, but just because anyone that you kind of dangle out there with this almost threatening, like, if you're not good enough, we're going to take it away from you kind of thing, which is how baseball works, right? It's very results oriented, but I just have to wonder in the process of coming back from an injury like that for the first time, you know, at least in his major league career, right. Um, To then also have that factor in the back of your mind that says, they don't believe in me. They don't think I can do this. They don't think I belong here. They don't think I deserve this spot. Or trying to pitch to whatever the expectation was at the moment because it kept changing. I just don't, I can't imagine that that lent itself to, uh, you know, pretty smooth point A to point B regaining of his confidence in what he was capable of. Plus, you mentioned talking to Xavier Scruggs, who mentioned the fact that Carlos Martinez doesn't pitch like he once did where he can just strike everybody out and he has to then adjust to what his own expectations are and how he can be confident in kind of this new version of Carlos Martinez that can be just as effective, maybe just in a little bit of a different way. So it's a very long answer to your question, but the idea of Carlos Martinez being confident now when he wasn't before I guess my point is it's not surprising to me considering the roller coaster that it has been from the time of that injury to getting him to this spot, which if you ask him is where he always thought he should be, where he always wanted to be, but not everybody along the way kind of cleared the path for him in allowing him to get to that point, right or wrong. That's just how it happened. So confidence in Carlos Martinez is a huge piece of what allows him to be successful. It just took a really long time for him to get back to that point. And like I said, <laughs> saying Carlos Martinez is a key to the rotation looks brilliant at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, saying that at the beginning of the season, it's easy at this point to be like, see, I knew what I was talking about, you know, in February uh, when it's going well, that doesn't mean it's going to last, but I do think you're right. There is a confidence in what he's doing and the results are proving it. It doesn't seem to be this false sense of confidence or this kind of like fake it till you make it. It's, it's what's happening. And he's putting, he's backing up what he has said with results on the field. Yeah. um, You know, we're three starts away from when one of the post-dispatch columnists was questioning whether he should be a starter anymore (laughs) because of, you know, some stats stat range that had a lot of caveats in it that weren't necessarily acknowledged. Um, But, you know, obviously the last three games, he has looked like the, uh, I don't know about the ace that we thought he was, but pretty close. I mean, the results are there. I mean, again, not the strikeouts and even that the one bad game he's had this year, you know, his defense let him down. He had yeah. defense let him down a couple of times early <laughs> yeah. on. I was going to say, he's managed a couple of times in the last few games where he was good to right. work around some uh, subpar defense. Yeah. I mean, they, and, and 
it's um, it's fairly remarkable to see what he has done right now. And I, and again, there's a long way to go, and we have to see, like we said, consistency has not necessarily been there. But if he keeps this up, I mean, I think a lot of people went into this season saying, this is the last year for Carlos Martinez. You know, this is, Carlos has two option years after this, but this is it, you know. And now, I, boy, I mean, option is, I think, is $17.5 million for this coming year. And if he's pitching even close to what he's been pitching the last few starts, they're going to pick that up. Yeah. Um, they may pick it up anyway because it's the Cardinals, so they don't like to necessarily give away pitching. But, <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, it's it's fascinating just to see how, you know, what he's going to be and how he's going to do. But it's it's remarkable to see the, the turnaround. Uh, and you're right. I mean, it's just finally getting to that place where there is that confidence um, after so much has gone on with him. And, you know, we don't talk even about the COVID from last year, which, you know, affected him all year long. Right. Um, so it's great to great to see this. And now, yeah, you've got a, a you know, Flaherty who has looked, you know, struggled a little bit earlier, somehow has some sort of magic that allows the team to score 15 <laughs> runs when he pitches. Um, Adam Wainwright is, would like a word. <laughs> yeah. Although I think it, to, to be fair, Adam's had a few years like that before. That's true. So That's true. Uh, he, he may be, uh, he may have passed on that torch, if you will. Um, but yeah, you've got Wade Durant pitching like he can. He just hasn't necessarily gotten the wins, but he's pitched. It's a kind of peak Adam Wainwright. Um, and, you know, KK looks has looked okay. John Gant has been serviceable. He walks a few too many batters, but um, for a fifth starter, he's been really good. You've had one of one Acevedo, Johan Acevedo, Oviedo. I'll get it right, maybe. <laughs> um, it's, it's getting late on me. Um, you know, came up and, and looked good and will probably make another start this week. Um, the pitching staff, and that's, you know, Miles Michaelis may be uh, two or three weeks away, and then you have to figure out where to plug him in and see what he has. That pitching staff is stabilized back to what we thought, and now it's it feels like maybe there's just enough offense to go along with that that there could be a run in this team. Yeah, this last week, this last weekend, I guess, and really, I mean, dating back to uh, the Cincinnati series even prior to um, playing against the Phillies, this whole last week really has looked like a team that is capable of what we thought they might be capable of. That doesn't mean they're going to win every close game. It doesn't mean they're not ever going to get blown out. But it looks like a team that's capable of winning the division and doing it in a pretty decisive manner by the end of a season, right? It may not might not happen all at once. They might not race out to a 10-game lead like you may see in other divisions, but they have the pieces. And while there are still areas of concern, there are still flaws, there are still places where you look at it and go, mm, that's where this is going to fall apart <laughs> if it falls apart, uh, it is good to see that um, you know, the, the pieces are in place. And, and I think, look, there's no way around discussing the fact that Nolan Arenado makes this a much better team. Like, <laughs> if you take Nolan Arenado out of that lineup, you kind of have the black hole that there have has been for the last few years. Now, I apparently caused quite a stir on the, the, the <laughs> Twitter with one of like my three tweets this week. Um, saying that I missed Colton Wong, essentially, and that I think it was a mistake for the Cardinals to let him get away. Now, there are a lot of pieces of that. 
right. one well, he made the way, cleared the way for Nolan Arenado. Well, sort of. I mean, the Cardinals aren't even technically paying Arenado this year, so not right. really. Uh, well, Tommy Edmond. Well, okay, there would have been plenty of at-bats for Tommy Edmond otherwise. Uh, you can't convince me that that would not have happened. So not really. Um, and yes, I know that we saw some less than stellar years from Colton Wong as well, but the last two in St. Louis are what led him to the point where he is the player he is now in Milwaukee. So um, <laughs> everyone who kind of jumped on the idea that, well, if you have Colton Wong, then you can't have, well, that's not really true. <laughs> they they made a distinct choice to create this team without Colton Wong, but they didn't have to if they didn't want to. Um do I think Colton Wong in this lineup would have made all the difference in the world and they would be the Dodgers of the NL Central? Probably not. <laughs> but the point is, yes, Arenado makes us a much better team. Um, but there are still some question marks kind of in the, that back half of the lineup. I think seeing Harrison Bader come back with a, a three-run homer today that ended up being all the runs that, that Carlos Martinez needed uh, to, to finish off the, the Pittsburgh Pirates sweep is good. I don't know that we depend on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we expect that to suddenly become the norm for Harrison Bader. Um, so, it, yes, I, I guess, and I'm sort of sort of off on a tangent at this point because what I was starting to say about Colton Wong is, um, while it's easy for me to say, wow, look how great Colton Wong has been in Milwaukee, wouldn't it be great if the Cardinals still had him? And sure, yeah, maybe, yes. Um, but... Even I am not uh, blind enough to know that that would mean there are some shifts and there are some changes in the way things are in the lineup or the way things work on a day-to-day basis. And um, the addition of Nolan Arnato uh, still likely outweighs the offensive prowess of Colton Wong, unless something truly bizarre happens in Milwaukee over the course of this season. Uh, and, and that has made them a more a closer to complete team, I would say. Uh, Yadier Molina being out uh, for hopefully just the duration of a short IL stint takes away a little of the offense that had carried them through this far into the season, which is exciting to see in terms of Yadi being that productive. Um, but it is nice to see the pitching looking like it's supposed to. Of course, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Jordan Hicks, who left the game the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, forearm issues never sound good. Um, especially coming off of such a long uh, time off because of not playing last season. But the pitching in general has started to look like it's supposed to. And with Michaelis coming back, I don't know exactly what that does to shift things around. Um, We don't know exactly how effective he's going to be either. So that could change the way that this is starting to flow a little bit. Um, but offensively, the guys have started to pick it up, and they've started to kind of pick each other up. It's one of those those spurts right now where it kind of feels like it's a different hero every night, except also it's always Nolan Arenado. <laughs> yeah. So that's good to see uh, that there's con- uh, contributors all up and down the lineup, um, but it's also... I think I mentioned this before the season started that, you know, there was part of my brain that is so kind of traumatized by the lack of offensive production that I was terrified that Nolan Arenado was going to come to St. Louis and then have like the worst season of his career. Um, He has not started off that way, which is very, very comforting. (laughs) Yeah. uh, He's done, done quite well. And even if he slowed down from that, 
you know, initial run, he's still been great. And, you know, we talked about last week, this offense has done, it seems to have clicked now that they've moved Dylan Carlson to the front of the lineup instead of the back. And, you know, for the fact that Molina's out, Andrew Kisner has done a fairly solid yeah. job of filling in, both offensively and defensively. I mean, he's not Yachty, but I think he's also showing that he can be a major league regular. Um, we'll see if it's for the Cardinals because they tend to give those guys away. Um, you know, yes, Carson Kelly is kind of proving this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the offense, uh, it's encouraging to see what we're seeing. Um, it's still not, you know, blow them open and score 16 runs every day. But, you know, if you can score with this staff, if you can score four every day on a fairly consistent basis, you're going to, you're going to win a lot of ball games. Um, Jordan Hicks, you're right. Did leave the game on Saturday. Um, Cardinals are optimistic. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, That always works out well. Yeah. That's what worries me. (laughs) The Cardinals and optimism, not something that I tend to put a whole lot of stock into. Not when it comes to injuries. A lot of times they're going to, they say they might wind up putting him on the, the 10 day aisle, depending on how things go. Um, at least at this point in time, it's one of those things where they could probably retroactively do it, you know, um, especially if Wainwright comes out and throws another complete game tomorrow or something like that, and they don't need him for a while. Um, but I think they're, you know, again, anytime a pitcher leaves a game after a slightly awkward pitch um, is is really concerning, but especially when it's a guy like that that has dealt with, I mean, we still have Alex Reyes in our head, right? I mean, we know that Alex Reyes spent three years basically not playing major league baseball because of injuries. Um, We don't want to see that with Jordan Hicks Um, and hopefully we won't, but you know, I think that until he's back out there um, it's a little bit of hold your breath and and wait on that. Um, But looking at, I was looking at the standings earlier today, of course, Cardinals now one game behind the Brewers, but it's fascinating to see that they have, a plus 19 uh, run differential, differential, which is, you know, a good thing. And the best in the division. Uh, Milwaukee's took a little bit of a hit today. Uh, losing about 12 runs will do that. Um, it, it makes me feel like, you know, they've won four in a row. It kind of feels like, like I said, they're just about to that point where they can start putting some gas distance, at least between them and the teams behind them. We'll see if they can catch up with Milwaukee, who did put, Corbin Burns on the aisle this week, um, but still went out and held their own with the Dodgers for the most part. So uh, it, it's exciting. And it, it is now May. I, it, I don't, I think we're getting to the point. I mean, maybe it's different for everybody, but we're getting to the point where we can stop saying it's early, right? We've got a <laughs> month of the season behind us and, you know, for people like Harrison Bader, for Tyler O'Neill that maybe have been out for some of that time period, maybe there's still that that learning curve. But for everybody that's been here since opening day, I think you start to say, this is what this season looks like for them, right? I mean, it's not that they can't be better or, or can't get on a, a tear or fall off, but after a month of consistency, you start thinking, this is what you got. Yeah, and I think, it, if anything, it just gives you a solid baseline, for what is possible or for what isn't possible in in the flip side of that. So for the Cardinals, do I think they can be better than this? 
yes, I think that offensively they can still, you know, maybe get a little more out of Tyler O'Neill than the inconsistency that we've seen. Do I think that, um, you know, they can clean up some of the defense that has allowed for some runs to score in the last couple of weeks? Yes, I do think that that's certainly possible. So, uh, so there are still some things where, from the Cardinals standpoint, they can be better than this. Um, as we've seen, there are ways that they can be worse than they have been in the last week. So it does give you uh, a good idea of, okay, what what does this look like when the pieces start to fall into place for the Cardinals? But I think the, the other thing is the Cardinals have a lot of division games coming up. They do play the Brewers. Then they play Pittsburgh again. They finally play the Chicago Cubs uh, in the second to last week of May. And these are the division games that... I guess we'll kind of underscore what we thought may have been the reality coming into this season, right? That there were a couple of teams, the Cardinals and Brewers being the two that a lot of people talked about sitting at the top of the division, while the other three teams just didn't really, didn't really do a whole lot. (laughs) Didn't really seem like they were putting in um, a whole lot of concerted effort to, make themselves contenders for a division title. And we've seen them kind of beat each other up, which tends to happen, uh, you know, in these division games. But the Cardinals have a chance this month to not only continue on the path that they're on that has made them a more consistent threat, but to do so in those division games that can create some separation, that can, you know, put them head to head with Milwaukee and go, okay, you got off to a better start than we did, but what do we look like side by side? How do we compare pitch for pitch and see where they're at in in terms of that? So, you know, they've got some tougher games in there as well with San Diego. Um, and, you know, the the White Sox are a team that a lot of people have good reason to to be afraid of. Uh, a Tony La Russa uh, reunion of sorts there, I suppose, coming up at the end of the mm-hmm. month. But those division games are the ones that because of how things happened in the offseason, the Cardinals knew that they were going to be able to generate some separation just in those head-to-head matchups within the division. As much as it's still, okay, it's May, losing a series to the Brewers, losing a series to the Cubs, not a make-or-break thing, it still can be a tremendous kind of boost, a, a little bonus to get off to a good start against those teams that they're going to have to beat um, you know, to really position themselves well towards the end of the season. So that separation, not necessarily there at the moment, but those opportunities are definitely coming up this month for the Cardinals. And I guess as far as, you know, kind of knowing who they are, if this is who they are in the last week, I feel pretty good about the the trajectory that they're on heading into those all important division games. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they do play the Mets this week. They play the Rockies this weekend, which might have a little bit of sub drama thing going. I don't know. Um, at least if it means Bush. Nolan Arenado hits all the home runs, I'm totally here for it. I mean, we saw what Joe Jerko did against the Padres, yeah, and I, exactly. I don't think that <laughs> we should hold Nolan Arenado to any less of a standard. Of course. Um, I mean, that's kind of that's the bar he needs to. I mean, he, I mean, he's better than Joe Jerko, so I, no. I don't know why he's not hitting a home run every time. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think this is a big – I mean, the Mets have kind of scuffled a little bit. Um, so it looks like they won tonight maybe with some drama um, on, on Sunday Night Baseball. So I think they're a little bit over 500 now. But 
they've not necessarily clicked the way that a lot of people thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rockies, of course, are the Rockies. Um, but these are games you still got to, you know, you got to win. And, of course, the Mets do have that Jacob deGrom guy going. So um, probably not going to be a 7 no week, Tara. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying to you. That's, you know, I'll I'll take 6-1. and one. Yeah. I mean, 6-1 <laughs> and one we can do. So, um, but you're right. I mean, there, this is, you know, again, it's kind of that that the cliche you can't win a, a division in in April, but you can lose it. Right. Cardinals didn't lose it, yeah. um, and so all these games that they're winning now are are important games that are not vital games, but they are. Maybe you win enough games here, you don't have vital games in September, um, and that's mm-hmm. that's the hope at least. So we'll see how it goes. Um, should be a, a fun week. Uh, Adam Wainwright back on the mound tomorrow. Um, he just basically didn't have to go to Pittsburgh for a weekend. So seems like it's a pretty good deal for, for Wainwright. Um, just got to hang out at home for a weekend. Um, I can't blame him for that. I, I'd like that too. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are worse things to have to do. So, yeah. <laughs> so we will be back with you next week to talk about this stretch of, and, and maybe a little bit interesting to see how they do at the end of a, what, 17 games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if there's any lag or anything like that, but I think they've done a pretty good job with the starters going late long enough. That bullpen isn't too overexposed and hopefully we'll have, Good solid week of baseball, and we'll see how it goes. So until next week, for Tara, I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.